The memo written by the Democrats is now in Donald Trump's hands. President Trump's lawyers say they don't want him talking to Bob Mueller. And the president goes silent as stocks go on another wild ride. This is the State of America Tonight. The vote was unanimous to release this. And when you see his memo, you'll see which memo is political and which one isn't. I think it's going to be very hard for the White House, like it was hard for the Republicans on our committee, to block release of this. There would be an enormous political price to be paid if he refuses to reveal to the American public the whole story. After the Democrat rebuttal is released, you'll probably see a Republican rebuttal to the rebuttal. Today's sell-off represents the ebb and flow of our stock markets. Presidents should not look at the stock market as necessarily an indication of how well they're doing because it's a roller coaster ride. Hello, I'm Kirsten Powers, live in New York. This is State of America. In just a few moments, the White House press briefing is expected to begin. This amid roller coaster ride on Wall Street and just days before a possible government shutdown. Once it gets underway, we'll bring you that. But first, the clock is ticking for President Trump, who now must decide whether to release the rebuttal memo from the Democrats. The White House has received uh, the memo. I do not know if the president himself has seen it personally. It's uh, going to be reviewed by the national security team as well as the legal team. And and again, go through the same review process that we saw with the previous memo. Sources tell CNN that while timing is still unknown, the president is expected to declassify the report if the FBI and Intel community approve. A top Democrat says he doesn't see any other option for the White House. They've tried to make the case that they released the Nunes memo in the interest of transparency. So uh, to say, well, we don't want the country to see this, I think, is untenable. It comes as The New York Times reports that Trump's attorneys don't want him to speak to special counsel Bob Mueller. They worry that he could be charged with lying to investigators. For his part, the president had no such fear just a few weeks ago. Are you going to talk to Mueller? I'm looking forward to it, actually. You want to? You have a date yeah, here's the story, just you so you understand. There's been no collusion whatsoever. There's no obstruction whatsoever. And I'm looking forward to it. To reach a higher standard, you would do it under oath. Oh, I would do it under oath, you yeah. Would, yeah. Absolutely. Let's bring in CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins. Uh, Caitlin, the president has five days to review this memo, just like the Republican one. Uh, are you hearing anything about when it could possibly, his decision could be made? Well, we actually just heard from the chief of staff here, Kirsten, John Kelly, telling reporters that the president has not read this memo yet, but that he is expecting for the president to be briefed on the contents of that memo later today. Just to give you an example, this memo is 10 pages long. It was confirmed that it was brought over to the White House early this morning by the press secretary, Sarah Sanders. And that Republican memo, on the other hand, that he got last week was only three and a half pages. It was brought over to the White House on Monday night after the House Intelligence Committee voted on it. And the president did not read that memo until Wednesday, and then it was released on Friday. So we're probably looking at a similar timeline there, depending on what the president's decision is and what the fate of this memo is going to be. And the White House is maintaining that they're following the same procedures that they did with that one. Same standards will be applied here. But it's worth pointing out that on Tuesday of last week, the president, who had not read the Republican memo, 
told a congressman, he was overheard saying this, that he would 100 percent release the memo. So if they do not release this Democratic version of this memo, which Democrats say is a rebuttal to that Republican memo, you can almost guarantee that there will be outcry from Democrats and critics who say that if the White House is trying to be transparent here, they've got to release both sides of these memos here, Kirsten. And immigration is a big issue for the president now as well. Congress is trying to hammer out a deal. And moments ago, we learned that some startling remarks came from the chief of staff, John Kelly. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, John Kelly has been quite busy today. He was actually on Capitol Hill meeting with a few lawmakers today. Obviously, we are just days from the government running, running out of funding and that DACA deadline on March 5th. And John Kelly made some remarks that are certainly raising some eyebrows about DACA and the potential DACA recipients. Listen to what he had to say. There are 690,000 official DACA uh, registrants, and uh, the president uh, sent over what amounts to be two and a half times that number to 1.8 million. The difference between 690 and 1.8 million were the people that Some would say we're too afraid to sign up. Others would say we're too lazy to get off their asses, but they didn't sign up. Um, So the president uh, shockingly said, "Okay, 1.8 million. And then probably the biggest shock was uh, in in a path to citizenship. Um, That's beyond what anyone could have imagined. So the chief of staff there suggesting that those people who did not apply to be dreamers, to be recipients of that DACA program are lazy is certainly going to throw a wrench into these ongoing immigration negotiations that they just don't seem to be able to decide on Republicans or Democrats or the White House. But John Kelly maintained that he believes the president has laid out a pretty generous offer here. And he said that he does not believe that they should extend the deadline for DACA because he thinks Congress acts better when they're under pressure. Kirsten. Wow, it's incredible stuff. Thank you, Caitlin. Uh, the president, who has often touted a surge in stocks since his election, has been noticeably quiet on the recent market sell-off. Right now, the Dow is up slightly after posting a record point drop Monday. Joining me now is Rana Faruhar, CNN's global economic analyst. She's also a global business columnist and associate editor with the Financial Times. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, explain everything to us. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think the, the, what a lot of people are thinking is, you know, what does this mean? Is this that yeah. big of a deal? What's happened? Well, we've known for some time that we were going to get to this moment, right? You know, we have been for several years in an amazing market. It's been an incredible bear run. We've had low inflation. We've had low interest rates. Markets love that. Um, we're now entering a paradigm shift. Uh, we're probably going to see more inflation. That was one of the reasons we saw this sell-off to begin with. Last Friday, we got some good news wages are up. You'd think, mm-hmm. well, why are the markets going down when wages are up? Well, that puts pressure on companies that have to pay higher wages. So, you know, a lot of things are changing right now, and I think the markets are going to be up, down, up, down as they try and figure it all out. So you do think this is a big deal? I do think it's a big deal, you know, Some yeah. people have said this is... Uh, a correction. Some people have said it doesn't even rise to the level of a correction. I, you know, this particular incident of up and down, up and down the last couple of days, we're going to see a lot of that. This is the new normal. So in that sense, I think it is a big deal. We've all gotten used to um, markets with no volatility, markets that only go in one direction, which is up. If you go back about two or three decades ago, 10% a year drops were very, very normal. So mm-hmm. I think that we're going to be back into a volatile market. That means fortunes are going to be won and lost. Uh, people like us that are looking at our 401k are probably going to be a little nervous, but yeah. that's kind of the new normal. And how much does any president have to do with this? We know that Donald Trump is taking credit for it yeah. and now it's being very quiet, but 
does the president have any impact on this? You know, I have always said that presidents get way too much credit and they also get way too much criticism for the economy. Um, you know, I think that really the, the person that's been in charge of the economy for the last several years has been Janet Yellen. She stepped down. We have a brand new Fed chair who came in on Monday. I mean, how about that for your first day on the job? You get a big, <laughs> big market crash. Um, but, uh, you know, the Fed has really been the one running the economy in the last yeah. several years. They've dumped a lot of money in. Um, Donald Trump was made kind of a rookie error in taking credit for the market because, yeah. yeah, now politically people are saying, hey, you have to take credit for losses too, but not so much either way. So I, I have heard some people say that this is also could be a reaction to all the debt, so yeah. that the president has, is you know passing a tax cut yeah. and not paying for it. How much is that there are, part of the... There are big issues with debt. A lot of people are concerned about that. In fact, a lot of Democrats, I think, rightfully say, well, we didn't need a tax cut right now. We, you know, we're 10 years into a recovery cycle. It doesn't feel like it, but we've been in a recovery since 2009. So we're actually kind of coming to the end of that. And it's, it's normal that we would be going back into recession in two or three years. Um, so the fact that he's putting, you know, kerosene on this fire right now, which is the economy that was already doing well, is, you know, maybe a bad policy error. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so okay. much. Thanks. I feel so much more informed. Warm now. <laughs> um, still ahead, President Trump could be poised to allow the release of the Democrats' memo. But will he really clear a point-by-point -point rebuttal to the document he says totally vindicates him? Our panel weighs in next. must now decide whether to release the Democrats' response to last week's Republican intelligence memo. The first memo got his approval despite rare public object objections from the FBI. So what will he decide this time around? The panel tonight, Doug High, CNN political commentator, Republican strategist, and former Republican National Committee communications director, Aaron Gloria Ryan, senior editor for The Daily Beast, Nan Hayworth, former House Republican and member of the Independent Women's Forum Board of Directors, and John Seleb, former Chief of Staff to former Democratic Senator Max Baucus. Thank you, everybody. There's so much to talk about. I'm trying to figure out where I want to start. Um, I think maybe we should start with what the president said yesterday about Democrats who don't clap for him. Can we play that? They would rather see Trump do badly Okay, then our country do well. That's what it means. It's very selfish. Even on positive news, really positive news like that, they were like death and un-American, un-American. Somebody said treasonous. I mean, yeah, I guess why not? Nan, yeah. what do you yeah. make of this? Uh, well, I, I agree that there were a lot of reasons to applaud the progress we've made that the president enumerated in his State of the Union address. And I would like to have seen more Okay, but if they didn't applaud, things. are they un-American and treasonous? Uh, well, I, the, the president was responding to an audience member about the, the latter term, and I don't take it any other way. Um, I think it's, it's a great patriotic and American thing to, when I listen to President Obama, uh, delivered the State of the Union address, I applauded many times. I feel like, uh, even though so I didn't I agree like with his every policy. not saying that it's not I, I don't, I, am, I wouldn't say, I would say it's highly political. I wouldn't necessarily say it's un-American, but highly political and I, ungracious. I've watched a lot of State of the Unions, as I'm sure everybody here has, and I see a lot of sitting, you know, it's the sort of iconic picture of the State of the Union mm -hmm. with one side clapping and the other side sitting there. So how is this any different? 
Yeah, it, it's it's no different. It's and I think the president's really just missing the whole point of what it means to be an American. And what it means to be an American is to uh, clap if you want to clap and not clap <laughs> if you don't want to clap. Uh, that's the best thing about our country is that we have a vibrant democracy that respects people who hold different views. Uh, and and it's not you know it's not to cheerlead the president regardless of what position he takes or doesn't take. Yeah, and Aaron, I think some people was I, I've actually heard some people say, oh, he was sort of joking, he was laughing when he said treason mm-hmm. because that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then he definitely wasn't laughing when he said an American. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I think is that people have kind of been inured to this and they just say, oh, that's just Trump being Trump, but. Right. I, I feel like this is a little different. I, yeah. I, I don't. What do you think? Well, it, it seems like he's equating America with himself. Like right. if you're not cheering for Trump, you're not cheering for America, which is a little bit of a dangerous path to go down. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think joking about treason is is really funny because it's a capital crime, um, yeah. and you probably shouldn't joke about members yeah. of ca- of Congress committing a capital crime. One thing that I thought was really interesting about this was as he was delivering these remarks, the Dow, which he had been bragging about, was tanking. Tanking, and on some news channels, you saw the split screen of Donald Trump talking about how Congress was un-American, and then the Dow was losing fifteen hundred points. It was really quite the visual. Yeah, and we will we will be talking about that in the next block. But Doug, I'm interested in in your take on this. I mean, is this something you're comfortable with seeing no, the president? No, you know, when say? the president says treason, why not? Well, there are a lot of reasons why not. <laughs> and you know, but but unfortunately, this is also the culture that you know Trump is affected, but has also infected all of Washington D.C. Uh, this morning I saw a comment from Nancy Pelosi saying that Devin Nunes was un-American. And we can disagree about policies. We can disagree about priorities. We can disagree about clapping. When, when I stood at the back of the House chamber while Congresswoman Hayworth was sitting in the, in the House chamber, clapping or not clapping, one's patriotism doesn't really come into play at that point and shouldn't come into play. And that, this is ultimately the problem is we see in Washington there are way too many loud voices at a time when we really need calm voices. Mm-hmm. And was the president joking? Maybe. Does that matter? No. Yeah, I think not just loud voices, but childish mm-hmm. voices, sort of adolescent voices. But let's move. We don't we just have a little more time. We want to talk about the memo, yeah. of course, because that's really uh, huge in the news today that the uh, president apparently, you know, is going to review it later today. Um, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Um, I'm, I think I've heard that the White House is leaning, as I think we all have, that the White House is leaning toward releasing it. And I think that's a good example of an ecumenical and patriotic and very American uh, act by the president, you know, if he allows uh, all of that uh, commentary to be released. And if it's, re- do you think it's going to be released? Yeah, but and, I mean, and the, if so, will it be released like the Republican yeah. one was released or will it be heavily released redacted. heavily redacted? Yeah, I think it's going to be heavily redacted. I think, look, Anyone who gives this White House the benefit of the doubt is, is foolish at this point. That This group is not on the level. And, uh, you know, the only way that they're going to release this memo is if it serves their interests in continuing to muddy the water on the Russia investigation. Uh, you know, the, the, these, are, these are not folks who play fair. Yeah, well, and I also, Aaron, I have, again, I just go back to, you know, people who are saying, like, well, of course he has to release it because he would look so bad if he didn't. And it's like... And yeah, I mean, this is a person who right. has more been more than willing to do things that people don't approve of, right? I mean, it's not inconceivable that he could say no, or again, just redact it so much that it's completely useless. Right. We were actually joking in the green room that he would redact every word except Trump is great. I know, and then just release the whole thing. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, though, honestly, that this is this whole process has not really been on the level, and I think there's an important conversation to be had about FISA warrants and the way that Americans are surveilled. And I think that this was the worst possible way to have a conversation that we should 
be having. And that's really disappointing to me as somebody who cares about civil liberties. So that, that's sort of my takeaway. I think that it will probably be released heavily redacted and self-serving. Yeah, and it, it seems like, Doug, he's sort of won the political PR war in the sense that he's muddied the water so much that most Republicans probably now think, well, it's just such a partisan thing and the FBI is out to get him. And, you know, people just, you know, it's I have a hard time following this. Right. And I do this as my job. So for people, you know, who who have other jobs and are doing other things, it's very hard to kind of keep track of everything. And so don't you think that the ultimately he's kind of mission accomplished on this? Sure. If your goal is to muddy waters, it's something that Donald Trump knows how to do very well. You know, but also we should we should realize that whether the White House redacts it or releases it or what have you, Adam Schiff is then going to leak it if every word is not out. A member could read parts of this from the, from the House floor where they're free to read and, and say whatever they want to, you know, without any legal yeah, reprisal. Adam Schiff's been a champion leaker, but I would disagree uh, strongly with uh, any muddying uh, stemming from, primarily from the president. I mean, what we're going to find out in uh, a couple of uh, months or sooner is the inspector general's report, Michael Horowitz. And I think everybody pretty much agrees that he's an on-the-level kind of guy. And uh, he was certainly, it was his office that uh, showed uh, the public the struck page text series, which clearly indicates that uh, all is not on the level at the FBI. Okay. And this has nothing to do with President Trump. Those aren't mutually Everyone, exclusive, though. we're going to our next... We'll have a panel, another panel, in just a second. Um, everybody stay where you are. Coming up, another volatile day for U.S. stocks. President Trump loves taking credit for the market gains, but what about the losses? That's next. Stock, the stock market is smashing one record after another. The stock market is shattering one record after another. We have broken a lot of records. We're breaking another one today. The stock market is way up. Jobs are back. The stock market smashes one record high after another. I told you, the stock market is hitting one all-time record after another. We're setting a record literally all the time. That was U.S. President Donald Trump in January when the markets were on an upswing. But today, stocks are fluctuating after the sharpest decline in the last six and a half years. For a White House that has repeatedly touted the market rallies, administration officials are downplaying the recent drops. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told Congress he's not concerned about the market volatility, saying we continue to believe that the long-term impact believe in the long-term impact on the stock market. The panel is back. Um, so, um, Nan, why, why is the president so quiet now that the stock market's down? Uh, well, you know, obviously it's, it's much happier to talk about when the stock market goes up. However, and I will say this much, when the stock market was reaching these new highs, uh, it, he was not alone in saying there's a lot of enthusiasm built in because people are perceiving uh, anticipating and uh, recognizing in real time the benefits of regulatory cuts and tax cuts. Uh, of course, uh, the tax cuts more of uh, an enthusiasm and uh, a promise, although they are starting to take effect now. 
Um, but when the market goes down, it goes down uh, in this kind of circumstance. It's probably going down because it frankly has been overheated for quite some time. And there is going to be some, as Jeb Hensling said, repricing of risk. That's not a bad thing. Americans are going back to work. Wages are rising. There's some concern on the part of investors in the inequities that there may be an inflationary risk. The Fed is going to start probably but, raising but, interest but, rates. But is he he's only responsible for when it goes up, not when it goes down? No, and I don't and like, and and I, I don't I don't derive that from his comments one way or the other. I think he was proud to and happy to say, hey, the stock market's going up, as he is. Uh, talked about Americans going back to work and all sorts I mean, of other good look, things. It's ridiculous for any president to wrap their arms around the stock market one way or the other. Stock market doesn't really matter to most Americans. Two-thirds of Americans don't have anything in their 401ks or retirement savings accounts. Uh, and, Nan, you mentioned wage growth. Uh, look, yeah, uh, the market is, resp- is responding to, to threats of, of an increase in inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look, if you break down those wage growth numbers... You know, the, the, the professions with the largest increases in wage growth are management and financial services. Manufacturing, is bare, manufacturing wages are barely keeping pace with inflation. Mm-hmm. And that's what the president, if he should be worried about one thing, should be worried about that. Because that, those are the people that elected him president, not the people who are watching the stock market every well, day. I wanted to add real quick, though, that I think that what we're seeing now could be some danger signs about what it does when we, when we govern with stimulus fiscal policies yep. mm-hmm. in a time of near full employment. That's what the tax cuts were. That's a stimulus-style fiscal policy that's meant to kind of juice the market. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really need it. And when, rate, wa- when wages rise, historically, investors have freaked out because they've thought it's, an, it's a harbinger of uh, inflation. And inflation causes the Fed to raise rates, which makes money more expensive for businesses to buy and governments to, to lend. And, and then, as a result, the market tanks, and then companies that are part of the market end up having to cut back and fire people. So it's this kind of dangerous cycle that we're in right now. And I don't know if it's going to complete itself, but I was not feeling very great about what we saw yesterday. Yeah, and I would say, you know, we see market volatility all over the place. You know, if you ask somebody two years ago what Bitcoin was, they wouldn't know what it is. Now we have places that aren't allowing you, companies that don't allow you to buy it with your credit card, questions of security and whether or not AML Bitcoin is, is a place to go as, as, as a, you know, po- more positive alternative. There are a lot of people who have a lot of questions all over the, the range on the economy. And while this isn't a long-term problem from what we saw yesterday and, and Friday on the stock market, it suggests that people are asking the right questions, at least, finally. Mm-hmm. And, Doug, it's, a, it's an argument for good consumer protection laws and enforcement, right? Yes, because when you have these speculated bubbles out there, you need a strong government regulator. It's an, it's an, it's an, it's an argument, it's an argument for rationalizing government spending and debt, which, which this administration is actually addressing realistically, and the antecedent one did not at all, and in fact doubled our national Can debt. We just add $1.5 trillion <laughs> of tax cuts that we haven't fully paid for. Into the, the, those, I can assure you from yeah. my career in politics, from my micro-career in politics, uh, my experience, that those dollars in the hands of American consumers uh, and investors will go far farther than they would in the hands of the government. And they okay. belong to us. That's the last word. Thank you, Nan. And thank you, everybody. Uh, this is the is day 383 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. And we will see you back here tomorrow.
Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.